nine, ten things that we're going to be dealing with uh, in the church world and even in our fellowship. And I jotted down uh, these ten things and then later decided to do a Bible study on them. And so we've been studying that, moving very rapidly through, just taking one per Sunday. We're on number nine now, and uh, I want to continue on with that. If somebody would like to get more of Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5 is uh, Catherine. Then I need somebody to get for me Revelations 2, 20 through 23 as Dennis. And then, Brian, would you get for me Genesis 6, 4 through 7? I want somebody to get for me Jude 6 and 7 is uh, Jake. I want Second Peter 2, 4 through 10 is Don uh, Galati. So uh, when I began this, uh, I, uh, I really was inspired on it. I felt the Lord spoke to me on it. And uh, it's astonishing how much of this now has really come to the forefront. Uh, if you remember, I talked about uh, 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 unity at any price. I was, uh, while I was on the trip to Africa, I saw a news clip that was of the Queen of England going to Rome, meeting with the Pope, and exchanging uh, understandings of how they could reunite. It's almost beyond belief. Totally beyond belief that the Anglican Church and the Roman Catholic Church now are talking about uh, reuniting and uh, this is moving very rapidly if you have any understanding of prophecy this is uh, the four uh, taste or the uh, foretelling revelations the the great harlot uh, in Revelation 17 and 18 and it's unfolding right before our eyes at such a rapid pace is almost beyond belief and so uh, these are not just meaningless little things. If you're a Bible student, these are all signs that the world is getting ready to conclude with this chapter of what God is doing. So this morning I want to uh, uh, deal uh, uh, with the issue. I want 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, if you'll read that out loud. This is a prophecy. This prophecy is phenomenal in working out into the uh, society in which we live. It's almost... Uh, it's just uh, it's staggering, the, the, the absolute correct and uh, accuracy of this prophecy and the days in which you and I live. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5. All right, let me give you another translation. You may be quite sure that in the last days there are going to be some difficult times. People will be self-centered and grasping, boastful, arrogant and rude, disobedient, to their parents, ungrateful, irreligious, heartless, and unappeasable. They will be slanders, profligates, savages, and enemies of everything that is good. They'll be treacherous and reckless and demented uh, by pride, referring to the, uh, their, preferring their own pleasure to God. They'll keep up the outward appearance of religion, but will have rejected the inner power of it, have nothing to do with people like that. So we want to take a new uh, uh, lesson this morning. It's number nine, and I want to deal with the tolerance of immorality and homosexuality. Now, we live in a moral universe. You can write that down somewhere. We live in a moral universe. We uh, have a, a creator, and he has some basic laws by which he intends men to live. Whether you agree with that or whether you want to accept that doesn't matter. It doesn't change a thing. God is a moral God, and we live in a moral universe, and there are some basic laws uh, by which God intends men to live. And at the core uh, are guidelines uh, in human conduct for sexual expression and conduct. 
and he judges violations and he expects his people to observe this. Today the church has failed totally uh, in moral responsibility. And uh, here's a prophecy, Revelation 2, 20 through 23. Okay, here's, uh, here's this wonderful book of Revelation. It's unfolding. Uh, these churches actually did exist when uh, that we've, we went through that before. And uh, this is a dual uh, revelation. One has to do with the churches he's dealing with, but uh, most commentators feel this also. Uh, have facets of churches uh, and the church age through all ages and even up until the end. Uh, that this is spelled out in seven stages of uh, church uh, expression. And here he writes, and he's writing about the immorality. They're allowing Jezebel. If you know anything about uh, history, Jezebel is the history, or is the, uh, the wife of uh, Ahab in Samaria. Uh, she was very immoral. She, uh, uh, behind the scenes, directed and gained, uh, uh, gained uh, uh, dominance in Ahab's kingdom and uh, caused uh, very, very severe problems with false religion. And so here, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, as he appears among the seven golden candlesticks of the churches, he appears and he begins to bring a direction, says uh, there's some things that are very good about you, but here's something that uh, has happened, and it's false teaching and immorality that has come in. Go ahead, Dennis. All right, here's the Lord, and he sees, uh, the thing he has, he says, the church is tolerating immorality. And he's bringing this uh, decision. He's bringing this judgment. So we want to move through for a moment. Uh, and uh, one of the things that we can do is bring a deduction of uh, Scripture through history. And uh, that is that sexual violations will bring judgment. Genesis 6, 4 through 7. Okay, here is a, a scripture. This is not uh, uh, at all plain. Commentators are not in agreement with exactly what all is involved there. But at the heart of this is sexual violation. There's a, there's a crossing of a line, and uh, at the root of the judgment uh, is an immoral uh, action of some form or other sexual violation. You can do your own research, come to your own conclusion. But we know that that did take place, and this is what is involved. Jude 6, 7 uh, refers to this. Okay, here we... Uh, Jude picks this up and refers to this, as does Second Peter 2, 4 through 10. All right, here is... This is referred to, uh, and Second uh, Peter refers to this. He's moving on through that, and he begins to draw a lesson from that. In other words, we bring a deduction. We're looking at Bible uh, 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 scriptures, and we see that at the root of this, there is a sexual violation. Go ahead. He ties this, if, you'll, if you're a, a stute, uh, student, he ties whatever that was that totally transpired. We get some glimpses, but don't fully understand. He ties this in with the judgment of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. This is going to be an example that we can look at, and we know that this is what God's going to do. He's not going to be silent about this. He's going to bring judgment to, for these violations. Go ahead. And deliberate just dignity. Okay, if you'll, if, if you'll look about all that's said there, this is Bible study by deduction. We see that uh, this is involving uh, moral violation. Two of the Ten Commandments give a direct uh, commandment that have to do with morals, and uh, one is you'll not commit adultery, the other is not, you'll not covet 
your neighbor's wife. Now, false religion always undermines the moral foundation. I want somebody to get for me Isaiah 57, uh, verses 5 and verse 8. Then I want uh, somebody to get that for me. Who will get that for me? Uh, is uh, Isaiah 57, verse 5 and verse 8. And then I want Numbers 25, 1 through 3, Pete Baker. And so uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things about false religion is that it leaves man uh, vulnerable to. He finds no strength. It does not speak to the moral uh, conduct. It does not reinforce that weak link in human nature. And uh, uh, as we look at this, sexual violations always receive judgment. And we also see that false religion always undermines this. Here's an interesting passage in Isaiah 57. Uh, if you are a Bible student, you'd be well to get some translations, commentators, and look this up because it uh, is a very interesting passage. Isaiah 57, 5 and 8. Inflaming yourselves under every green tree. All right, here's a religious exercise. It has to do with the uh, uh, worship and false religion. Go ahead. Verse 8. All right, this refers to the Asherah and Baal worship, where there are uh, 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 certain altars and groves and etc. They carve trees often to make an altar. And uh, here's another translation. You who inflame your passions... You've multiplied your harlotries behind the door and side posts. You set up your symbol. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, these uh, uh, took place in terebinths. This is actually what's happening there. These are carvings of the sexual organs. They were prominent in the Asher worship, and they led to the exposing of the worshiper's secret organs themselves. So what's involved here uh, in the Baal and the Asher worship as well as the worship of Diana, all of these are fertility cults. They all are based on... Uh, 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 sexual immorality and have at the root of them uh, sexual passion because of the uh, superstitions involved there and uh, this is what's referred to you you'd be well served if you're a bible student go get some commentaries some translations and follow that through and it's very uh, it is very uh, insightful uh, then in numbers 25 1 through 4 actually is what i want uh, we get a very interesting uh uh, translation of uh, one event in the children of Israel that gives us great insight. Numbers 25, 1 through 4. Israel remained in the Acacia Grove and uh, Israel began to commit harlotry with the daughters of Moab. They asked uh, them to go to church with them. So Israel was joined to Baal Peor. So Israel was joined to Baal Peor. I want to uh, give him a little bit of correction. What I want you to do is kill him and hang him up. This is the God of love, remember. Remember? Okay. Okay, so here we have this. Remember, are we finished? Okay, remember uh, the little story, Numbers 22, 23, and 24, about uh, Balaam. Remember, Balaam's a false prophet. He tries to curse Israel. Uh, every time he opened his mouth to curse, God moved on him and he blessed him. Remember that uh, chapter? And so uh, he gets the donkey, and the donkey starts down the road, and, and uh, he, he, God told him, don't, I, want, I don't want you to, I don't want you to, uh, 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 to follow uh, uh, Balak's instructions. Instead of cursing them, I want you to bless them. Uh, so he, uh, he hears from the Lord, but uh, he really wants to make money. So he uh, prays again, said, Lord, are you sure this is a, you know what? And, and so God said, go ahead. And then he met him down the road to kill him. You remember that story? Okay, so he's unsuccessful. 
he, he can't, he can't uh, get them cursed. But what he does do is that he uh, instructs uh, Balak in how to overthrow them. And this is the chapter that we find that scenario. So they have their uh, uh, worship services. Their worship services, uh, they didn't come together and sing Kumbaya. When they came together, it is a sexual orgy. They have the young ladies that are involved in this. And so they said to the young men of uh, Israel, uh, as they said, you know, what, what do you girls do at church? They said, why don't you come on? Why don't you come on to church with us and you can see. And so uh, they did. And uh, no red-blooded man can stand in the midst of seeing pornography and uh, 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 female bodies. And immediately they fell. And this is the chapter that came out of that. This one, you can't watch pornography. Okay, oh, well, I can handle, uh, you know, these, these movies. Pastor Mitchell, he's weak. He couldn't, he couldn't watch these, uh, these, uh, these uh, boob movies, you know. And it's too bad for him. But, you know, I'm of a younger generation. We can handle it. Don't kid yourself. God knows a human personality, and you will not watch pornography and survive. Just as simple as that. Okay, well, I'm strong. No, you're not. Let he that think thee stand, take heed lest he fall. This is why it's found in Numbers 25. So they goes in, they watch as this transpire, and before you know it, there's a sex orgy going on. Listen to uh, another translation. Uh, this is Berkeley Bible, I think. I uh, know this is another Berkeley. While Israel was staying in Shittim, the people began to have their illicit relations with the women of Moab, who had invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods. Remember now, this is tied in, false religion. The people then started eating and bowing down to these gods, and before long Israel was uniting freely with Baal Peor. The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he commanded Moses, summon all the leaders of the people, hang them up in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's burning anger may be diverted from Israel. Therefore Moses ordered the judges of Israel, each of you execute those of his men who have uh, fraternized with Baal Peor. Uh, Berkeley Bible says, eating of the pagan offerings and practicing the accompanying Immoralities. So here we have the history, and we can bring a deduction from that of uh, immorality and what God has to think about it. Uh, so uh, you may read the newspaper. Here's uh, this is Sunday, October 15, last Sunday's uh, Courier. Chaplin's announcement that he's queer puts future in doubt. Uh, this uses gay, but this is a, this is a queer terminology. They've done that to uh, brainwash you. No queers are gay. They're very miserable. And so uh, I, I won't give them the honor of calling them uh, what they want to. So uh, when the Arizona legislature... Oh, you didn't like that. <laughs> well, you're not in a church of tolerance, of immorality, and homosexuality. You're in a church that believes the Bible. When the Arizona legislature's chaplain announced his week, uh, this week that, uh, that he's queer, he cast doubt on his ministry's future. He also added a new voice to gay rights issues that may echo in lawmakers' debates when they return to the Capitol. Republicans, who've been some of his strongest supporters, uh, say some of that support was based on a shared religious view that homosexuality was contrary to the teachings of the Bible. But the chaplain may be effective, listen to this, in breaking down stereotypes because of his conservative Christian background, said Rick Taffel, executive director of the gay and lesbian organization Log Cabin Republicans. It's always more potent when it comes from someone with another uh, or with an equal or a shared view, he said. So here we have the program. The program is moving very rapidly. It is, it is the queer agenda, and uh, I, I don't have to 
uh, read you their, uh, uh, their declaration. Maybe I will sometime. But uh, this is a frightening age in which we live. The difficult thing is that it's come into the church. That's the problem. Okay. So my lesson was tolerance of immorality and homosexuality is in prophecy. And so God has specific and certain uh, he's, uh, statements to make about certain uh, sexual relationship. And one of these is sodomy is not tolerated. I want Genesis 18.20. Someone uh, do this as Daniel. Genesis 19.13 is Jacob. Uh, Genesis 19.4 and 5 is Shem. I want Genesis 18, uh, Leviticus 18, 22 and 23. Pete Baker, I want Leviticus 20.13. Somebody help me. Is Brian. Uh, I want uh, Numbers uh, 25, 6 through 8 is Rod, and I want Psalms 106, 30, and 31 is Don Galati. So uh, uh, the Bible speaks very plainly. I have uh, 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 sheaves of articles uh, that are uh, almost beyond belief of the uh, failure of the church to judge that. Uh, however, uh, this man, I believe, is a, uh, is a Southern Baptist. No, he's ordained as a Baptist minister, and he's a member of the Church of Christ congregation. This is the chaplain's announcement. And so we want to look at the Bible, because I'm interested in what the Bible says. Can you say amen? The Bible will be around when nothing else stands. The Bible's uh, principles, teachings, revelations, and strength will survive through all the generations of time for time and eternity. And I want to know what the Bible says. Genesis 18:20. All right, here's the Lord. He comes down to the camp of Abraham and Sarah, and he says, uh, I'm on my way down to Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, because the cry is very great. There's a spiritual wrenching that has wrought in the moral realm. Remember, I said we live in a moral universe. Whether you want to believe that or not does not matter. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah didn't believe that. They didn't care what God did. But it doesn't matter. You're not going to change. And so here's this descri- description. God says, I, this, this cry has come up. It's pierced into heaven. I have to come down now. I'm going to see what they're going to do with a manifest presence in Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm on my way down there now. Genesis 18:20. Now Genesis 19, verse 13. We're going to destroy this place because this spiritual wrenching has pierced. Uh, this outcry has come up to heaven, and we're not going to tolerate this uh, anymore. Genesis nineteen four and 5. They know that. All right, here is the manifested presence of God, or what the Bible would call a visitation. God comes down in the presence of three men. He comes into the uh, city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot knows uh, that strangers are not safe there. He says immediately, you need to come in uh, to my house. And as they come into the house, he doesn't know yet what they're doing. He's not, uh, he's not uh, knowledgeable about what's happening. But they no sooner get in, the door is closed, till they're knocking on the door. Say, so we saw some uh, strange men come in here. Open up. Let these men come out. We want to know them. We want sexual relations with them. And so here we have uh, a visitation. God said, I'm, I want to see whether this is true. I want to see what they're going to do when the presence of God comes in uh, through a visitation. Uh, and I want to see their reaction. And their reaction is what it always is. It, not only does it, is it not subside, 
but uh, in, a, in a heart that is not right and is in direct rebellion against God, a manifestation of God simply enrages them and incites them more. Uh, Jeff, you want to ask a question or make a comment? Yeah, it always amazes me that. Sin and rebellion make strange bedfellows, Jeff. That's the answer to your first <laughs> declaration. And the second is that uh, you're dealing with a spiritual entity. If I could just divert a little bit. You're dealing with a spiritual uh, entity and a spiritual dimension. And so this is why two faggots can come into a room and within 20 minutes they're already together because they know exactly they're home right in on them. Okay, so if I've got you upset enough, let's move on. Genesis, 9, Genesis or Leviticus, rather, 18, 22 and 23. This is God. He's giving, uh, he's giving now a breakdown of moral law into the actual society and the social dynamics of society. He says, you will not lie with a man as with a woman. He says uh, uh, to you, I don't care about alternative uh, lifestyles. I don't care about what you think. I don't care about any of that. You shall not, period. If you're going to do this, you're going to violate uh, directly my nature, you're going to di directly violate my moral code and purpose of, of, and creation. And this is going to cause a spiritual dimension and dynamic that goes beyond you and reaches up into heaven. Go ahead. It is an abomination. It is an abomination. Okay. This is very plain and he doesn't mince words. Leviticus 20 verse 13. You're not going to tolerate it. I will not tolerate it. This is the judgment in the, the theocracy that God is establishing. Not only this, but fornication is to be judged. I want Numbers 25, 6 through 8. Somebody on my far right over here would like to do this. Gerard. All right, here's an occasion in the social life. And uh, there's a man of Israel. He's the people of God. He uh, brings in a Midianitish woman. Remember now... Uh, the foundations of society in Midian uh, and, uh, and Moab and these nations are rooted in false religion and immorality is the lifestyle of the entire society. So here's one. He goes and gets one. She's a, uh, no doubt a very, very attractive chick. And so he brings her in. He doesn't care what anybody thinks. Uh, he's going to fulfill his lust. Go ahead. And the rest of the people are weeping because this is a time of judgment. Uh, God has just uh, uh, has just judged the leaders, and uh, and uh, so the people are seeing this. They're weeping because they see uh, the breach of their relationship with God. They see this horrible travesty, and they're weeping. But this this guy doesn't care. Uh, he uh, goes in his rebellion, gets the woman, and brings her into the midst of the children of Israel. There's a man named Phineas. He was worshiping the rest of us. They are right in the midst of the church service. Uh, and he sees this happen, and he runs and grabs a javelin. He went into the tent. They're involved in sexual relationships right in the tent. And he thrusts him right through. Stop the plague in the children of Israel. And, uh, does he give a commendation? God says, I, I really like this. Is that there? That's not there. Verse 11. God says uh, that I like Phineas. He's a man after my own heart. And he's always going to have a place in his descendants before me. I like what he did. He judged immorality. Okay, now, 
so uh, let me stop right here before I uh, the the queer and, and lesbian league gets on me. And I'm not suggesting you go out and murder uh, uh, every queer in town. If you did, well, you'd thin out some offices pretty quick. And so. <laughs> Uh, nor am I saying that you should uh, kill people. What it does, God will not tolerate it, and we are not to tolerate it. Is that correct? Okay, we've made that conclusion. Psalms 106, 30 and 31 speaks to this issue a little later. Who did I give that to? Don? Psalms 106, 30 and 31. All right, here's the Psalms 106, 30 and 31. This is, this is so prominent and has made such an imprint upon society. And God wants to emphasize and underlines this here in the book of Psalms. Uh, this psalm is written, uh, and they're singing this. They're, this is a part of the church service. Because that's what the psalms are, you know. These were hymns that they sang. So in church they're singing and said, Glory to God, Phineas killed them both, uh, and he'll never lack a place before God forever. Our generation, we sing... Uh, uh, trash and we think we're worshiping God well moving rapidly on this morning fornication is judged alright sodomy is judged most severely I want a couple of scriptures here we're going to open it in this section here Romans 127 is Michael at the back 1 Corinthians 6 9 Pete Baker 1 Timothy 1 10 Jasmine Galatians 5 19 as uh, uh, Jacob 1 Corinthians 6 9 is uh, Ryan and Deuteronomy 23.17 is uh, Daniel. And so uh, sodomy is judged the most severely. And uh, 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 this is one of the greatest travesties of the religious world. And people that ought to know better, uh, that have Bibles in their hands uh, and are debating whether they should ordain homosexuals or whether they should tolerate this. Uh, uh, the Bible speaks very plainly. It doesn't uh, mince words. Uh, Romans 1.27. All right, here Romans speaks very directly. I'm not going to go through the whole passage. Uh, was there something else that added to it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, and so the Bible uh, very plainly, this is perversion, and it's not going to be tolerated. Not only that, there's a spiritual dynamic that he gives them up to a reprobate mind or a mind without reference points. First Corinthians 6 and 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. So the Bible is very plain. This is New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. First Timothy 1, verse 10. Fornicators and sodomites, not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, uh, Galatians five nineteen. Okay, if you'll follow those two words out, you'll find we're dealing with the same thing, homosexuality. Uh, in other translations. First Corinthians 6 9. I already got that. Uh, we got that twice in there. This is a bureaucratic error right here this morning. And so Deuteronomy 23, verse 17. There shall be no whore of the sons of Israel. No whore of the daughters of Israel, neither sodomite of the sons of Israel. So here's the scripture. Speaks very plainly, and sodomy is judged very uh, severely. Uh, so let's. Uh, Let's have some uh, discussion as we move in before I conclude this with other things. Somebody, a uh, question as uh, uh, Brian? Well, there's two things that you need to know is that uh, they can be delivered and have been. 
however, the dynamics are uh, this, that uh, if they're young, this is generally a casual, uh, uh, when they're being exploited as young uh, people, generally uh, they can get delivered. Uh, the older they are, the more difficult that becomes. I have very uh, grave doubts. I've had streams of them that have come through in 40 years of ministry, and uh, I only know about one or two that have uh, survived, and I'm doubtful about one of them. So uh, that's my comment. It's because it is a spiritual dimension, and, uh, uh, and the more ingrained it is, the worse, uh, uh, the worse they are. Uh, the age goes on. Younger ones, yes. There's hope. The older they are, the less likelihood that is. Because, and this is true even in life, is uh, very few conversions in older folks, right? The conversions are younger. And thank God there are some, but uh, the older they get, the less likely they because they become set in their ways, won't listen to anybody else. They become selfish and ingrained and uh, hard-hearted and uh, biased and uh, narrow and, uh, uh, and uh, prideful and bitter and rebellious and so all the things that you can say. I had another hand back here. Jake? Yeah. It's cafeteria religion. We like a little of this. I don't like that. I can take some of that. Mm, this I like. No, I don't like that. But you see, uh, the Bible speaks to it all. Is uh, uh, Sharon? I got the article. It's it's a, it's a it's a uh, it's an agenda, and the agenda is education that we must accept everyone, and we must uh, we must uh, not be. A, uh, upset by differences. Did you see the article on the uh, guy who's totally uh, uh, tattooed? I mean, it's just his eyes looking out, you know, from this. And so uh, they send him into schools to uh, to teach your children to accept and be uh, be acceptable of these people. That's all a part of the same agenda. Another comment? Yeah, I get the calls all the time. They want me to go on record and do want to find out what uh, we believe and uh, whether we're uh, so on. Okay, we got church instructions. We need to look at these before we uh, finish this. 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 13. I need somebody with a loud, clear voice that's going to read this. Bill Bronson's going to read this. Uh, uh, I want 1 Corinthians 6, 16 through 18. Is, uh, Dennis is going to read that. I want 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Is Pete Baker. So we want to read these. Uh, there's church instructions that are going to judge. Remember our lesson is that one of the ten megatrends of the religious world is a failure to judge uh, immorality and homosexuality. It should never, uh, ever be said of a church that they will not uh, put a correct reference point, nor that they will not discipline or judge uh, because we have this long Bible history that we've been reading from the Scripture. First Corinthians 5, 1 through 13. Here's a church in Corinth. The church is in trouble. Paul writes to it. And uh, there's, some, uh, there's some things that are churning around there. And he says, you're going to take care of this. Uh, you don't want me to come, and you want me to take care of that. You take care of this. First, first Corinthians 5, 1 through 13. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. So I'm hearing uh, reports that you uh, have fornication in your midst. Even the Gentiles uh, won't talk about this kind of stuff. So here's a member of the congregation, and he's, uh, he's uh, having sexual relationship with his father's wife, and the church is, is tolerating that. They don't do anything about that. He probably uh, has a prominent place somewhere. He's probably the head of the music group somewhere. 
or uh, one of the outreach preachers or uh, maybe the assistant pastor or uh, whatever. And so they're not going to do anything about this. They're just leaving this lay because it'll rock the boat, remember. Or he could be a wealthy businessman that puts in a lot of bucks. Or he could have been there uh, for 20 years. And so uh, he's uh, had a lot of influence. And so let's don't rock the boat. Go ahead. And you're puffed up might be taken away from above you. You're proud of this guy. You're letting him stay right there. And, uh, and you're boasting, uh, he may, might be a prominent lawyer, and uh, you're boasting, hey, we've got so-and-so going to our church, and here this guy is, and he's fornicating, and you're doing nothing about it. Go ahead. For I verily, as absent him, so done He said, I've already judged this guy. I'm telling you, this is what you're going to do the next time you have church service. You're going to deal with this issue. You're going to bring discipline, and the purpose of that discipline is going to be redemptive. Remember, if you're going to judge this man, this is going to lead to his redemption. If you don't judge it, he's going to hell. Now, I want to tell you about a spiritual principle. That principle is uh, the lesson of leaven. When you put yeast in, uh, in uh, bread dough, uh, all you need is a tiny little bit, and leave it alone for 24 hours, and it leavens the whole lump. If you don't get rid of this, there's a spiritual dimension that's going to permeate and penetrate the entire church. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Reaches back to the Old Testament, uh, the Passover, where they, uh, they got rid of all the leaven, swept the house, made sure they had none, and were said that you'll not take any leaven with you when you go out of Egypt. He reaches clear back to that and uses the, the principle of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Passover. He's left us this lesson. Don't try to worship God when you allow this to transpire in your congregation. But with the unleavened bread of sincerity in an epistle, not to company with fornicators. I said you are not to company with fornicators. Yet not altogether with fornicators of this world. See, I'm not talking about those down the palace bar. I'm talking about those in the congregation. Or with any man that is called a brother. If any man calls himself a brother is a fornicator, you uh, uh, excommunicate him, you shun him, you do not uh, fellowship with him. Put him out, and then he'll go over to the first church of the frigid air or wherever he is, and they'll make him a deacon. Okay, First uh, Corinthians six sixteen through eighteen. Okay, there is a spiritual dimension to sex. We're not going to elaborate on that, but it's very plain. And then Second Corinthians six fourteen through eighteen. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has uh, righteousness with unrighteousness? Light and darkness cannot commune. Christ and Belial have nothing in common. A believer has nothing to do with an unbeliever. There's nothing in common. You're the temple of God. You have no relationship with idols. All right, this is, uh, this is scripture writing that. I've got an article uh, here uh, about a report, priests dying of AIDS at a higher rate. Roman Catholic priests in the United States are dying from AIDS-related illnesses at a rate four times higher than the general population, and the cause is often concealed on their death certificates, the Kansas City Star reported on Sunday. And so it's obvious they didn't catch that off the toilet seat. Okay? goes without saying that's what's happening, and that's what's bringing it to pass. 
So I have other articles. Uh, church prepares for same-sex debate. Uh, uh, lesbian pastors uh, ordain uh, Arizona legislature the chaplain, and so on and so forth. And it's endless that it's very plain that there's a tolerance of immorality and homosexuality in the church or professing church in our generation, and that is intolerable, it's unbiblical, and that is one of the things that we uh, uh, need to draw a lesson from and that I am teaching this lesson for. I want to open up for about five minutes of discussion or input. Is uh, Bill Bronson? Because they're not... Yeah. Yes, we, our call is to be that aggressive, absolutely. Intolerant, we would not tolerate it. We'll not even give it one, uh, one iota of uh, grounds for existing because it's clearly unbiblical and intolerant. Immorality and homosexuality is not to be tolerated in the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, Wayne, did you have a comment? Yeah, the difficulty is that, uh, remember, judgment. is there, there is no redemption without a judgment of sin. Absolutely. As you have to, uh, nobody gets saved until they're lost. And so you have to put out very clearly that this is what God says. There is a way out, but that only comes by repentance. And, and, and as far as in a society, in a church, it has to be judged. Cannot tolerate it. S- simple uh, uh, simple uh, statement is you're not talking about, uh, uh, what you say, educational? Uh, this is not education. This is indoctrination. There's a vast difference. Yes. <laughs> Don't ever uh, take up flying as a part of your occupation because uh, you can't avoid it. Little faggots are everywhere. Okay, the Lord bless you. We've, uh, we will carry on next week.